0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Miles on the Grid. I'm your host Miles. Um, today it's officially race week and it's almost race day. We It's, it's Sunday, the, I believe it's the 28th of March and it's the Bahrain Grand Prix. So I just wanted to give my predictions for the season um, ahead of the first race. So I know I'm a little bit late to it but it's something which I think can be quite interesting to hear. Um, Just to let you know, this episode does include updates from the Barring qualifying sessions, so please bear that in mind if you haven't watched them. Um, However, it doesn't mean that my thoughts have changed on the topic since uh, testing, or even since the end of last season. Um, So in the number one spot, and with my feeling to chase the championship this year, are Mercedes. Wait, what? (laughs) I know, I I thought that you were hyping up Red Bull a few weeks ago. Well, yes, I was, and and I still am. Here's the thing, though. In testing, we saw that Mercedes were looking vulnerable for the first time in a long while. It wasn't the all-conquering Mercedes of last year, the W11. Neither was it the supremely fast 2014 car, um, which took the turbo era by storm, which was spearheaded by, by Nico Rosberg and, and Lewis Hamilton. However, we saw a car that Valtteri has himself described as undrivable in FP1 at Bahrain, um, and that Lewis Hamilton spanned multiple times, which initially showed me that Red Bull would be the best car on track this year they just seemed a bit more sorted they seemed planted and the confidence exuding out of Max Verstappen at the moment is immense however qualifying changed this this for me and I'll tell you why I know that Red Bull topped the time sheets on all practice sessions and Max set a blister in lap for pole which is fantastic you know this was being by over like four tenths quicker than Hamilton so you'd think that they would be my pick for the season but As much as I'm a Red Bull and a Max fan, I just can't see Mercedes faltering over the course of a full 23 race season. You know, they've been seven-time world champions consecutively for a reason. They're they're constantly coming up with new innovations and surprises. Um, Like, lastly, they came up with the 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 dual-axis steering, which, when pushing the steering wheel towards or pulling the steering wheel towards and pushing in certain directions, actually allowed heat to be generated to the the tyres. Well, this year, they've allegedly come up with something which is... Uh, similar to help with their performance, they've apparently come up with a uh, cooling element for the engine, which can be accessed in race. Now, what this potentially could do would be allow the engines to actually recuperate as much energy as possible and actually cool, therefore allowing the drivers to push harder. So although this hasn't officially been confirmed by Mercedes, it's been leaked by uh, James Allison, the technical director, as well as by Toto Wolf, the, um the Mercedes CEO and, and team principal. So I think that this level of dedication, innovation, and focus will see them just edge Red Bull over the season. It may come down to the last few races, but I definitely think it's something which is going to be of massive interest. Um, Next up, uh, number two is Red Bull. So they've come out of the gate storming in practice, and allied with the new uh, Honda Power unit, I think that given the correct amount of reliability, they can be unstoppable. You know, it, it really does seem like the issues of last year have been eroded to such a degree that there are no weaknesses anymore. You know, the, the combination of their hard work over the winter um, back at the factory and also the high-rate philosophy working well with the new regulations for this year means that they are a force to be reckoned with. Um, they have one of the scariest travel lineups off the grid in both Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. And Max had started the year on a flyer by claiming the first Mercedes non-pole um, since Australia 2013, which is quite something. Um, whether that will... Have an impact over the course of the season. I don't know, and I think this is where my only concern is because we've seen a challenge from Ferrari in a tw- in twenty seventeen and eighteen when they did have a faster car than Mercedes for for two years, but due to a combination of Mercedes' strength and Lewis's consistency, and along with vessel having a few highs and lows over the season, Mercedes came out on top. Will the same thing happen here? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it might. And whilst it could be great for the sport if Red Bull were to press up a fight, we've seen how Mercedes have fixed some of their aero issues by making adaptations to their floor in two weeks. Who's to say that the same thing cannot happen this year? You know, they're they're constantly pushing. And I think that's the only thing which separates those two, uh, those two um, teams at the moment. But it's going to be a very fascinating year. And I'm here for all of the battles on track. Coming at uh, number three for me this year are surprisingly AlphaTauri. I know I said it, and um, and for me it's extremely hard to make this choice between them and McLaren because it's been such an interesting winter. Um, and and looking at testing with Yuki Tsunoda coming second uh, on the on the final day of testing, but also McLaren looking very strong in race pace. Um, I wasn't too sure, but AlphaTauri just edge it. Um, they've worked consistently with Honda on that power unit but they've also taken advantage of the new wind tunnel which they built back at their factory now coupled with their strong performance in testing practice and yet again in qualifying at barone um this means that they're my favorites for third place you know i know that the honda uh, unit itself lends itself to, to power hungry tracks but that's something which mercedes has also been guilty or uh, favored um within the past so who knows how how that will play out, um, but I just see with Pierre Gasly now being their new leader, and with Yuki Tsunoda showing fearless aggression. For me, it's a combination of it's the perfect combination of experience and skill to take the fight to McLaren. Um, and so, with that in in hand, uh, at number four, are uh, McLaren. And like I mentioned, this wasn't an easy one to assess. Um, this could easily be the other way around, So they've been working really, really hard over the winter, and have been super fast in testing and and all practice sessions this weekend. The only reason I went with them at number four is because I feel that whilst they will have some success and may even win some races this year with their combination of Danny Ricciardo and uh, Orlando Norris, there's always the unpredictability of working with a new engine. So regardless of how well it appears to be working, I'm there on the side of caution just because I... Yeah, I I don't know. Just because I, I want to see how this plays out over a few more races. But I do think that there's a lot for them to gain this year and I will see a lot of success incoming. So, McLaren fans, please do not slate me. I honestly believe that the team will be successful this year. Um, at number five, I have Ferrari. It's not enough to say that they are back as a, as a manufacturer and as a team. Um, even though the tractor-style engine of last year is no more, they they seem to be in a really, really good place and would have enjoyed, or sorry, would have been buoyed even uh, by a strong Q2, uh, but also by P4 on, on, on the grid, uh, Bahrain for Charles Leclerc, who is a fantastic driver in his own right. If they continue to spend development tokens in the right way, and if they allow their drivers to gel and not be too combative on track and actually work for the team um, and get a grip with their pit stops, because last year was an absolute shambles in my opinion, I think that we can see the Scuderia back on the podium with more consistency in 2021. And it'll be nice because I, I grew up as a Ferrari fan, you know, I grew up in the days of Schumacher and Rubens Barrichello and, a few others, and always going and seeing like the latest cars and seeing that red... Like When you think of a car, you think of a red Ferrari, typically if you think of a sports car, um, for the average person. So for me, I would love to see them come back to some success this year. Um, Disappointingly, I I have Aston Martin at number six. So the former Racing Point team, who were so strong in 2020, have seemed to not adapt to the new changes, um, like others who are running a high-rate car have. Now, although they're no longer bugged by the of the Pink Mercedes, this year was always going to be an opportunity to show their strength uh, with like, Lawrence Stroll's full back in and with two very competent drivers and Sebastian Vettel and, and Lance Stroll. Sadly, I, I don't think that's the case uh, for the team this year. Nothing seems to have gelled so far and having run significantly less laps at testing, it, it appears that like this may be a year off, um, of discontent for Aston. I mean, at least in the first part of the season. However, I do think that my predictions, and it's important to note, that my predictions um, between four to six can change depending upon conditions and, and dependent upon tracks. But on this occasion, that's what I'm going to stick to. Coming in at number seven, um, I have Alpine. For another reason that whilst fast, I'm concerned about the lack of understanding of the chassis, but also the fact that Fernando Alonso is coming back from a two-year hiatus. It's not like he's not been... It's not like as if he hasn't been doing anything within those two years. But I just think that with the innovations that the other teams have made and with the lack of testing time, that this may not be a good thing for Alpine. But on the other hand, Esteban Ocon, who is quite rapid, he, mm-hmm. he's currently in his second year with the team. And if he can show the skills that consistently got him into F1 with Mercedes in the first place as a tester and then also at racing point and place in the top six on a, on, a, on a regular basis, I think it could be a different story for the team. Personally, I can't see it happening. As Renault, no, sorry, as Renault have had reliability issues for years now, and we're talking years going back. What they've been back in F one for three years, but even as a Lotus team, they weren't they weren't fantastic with reliability. And I don't think that would change with Alpine. But you know, here is hoping. At number eight is Alfa Romeo. Um, I think they've really escaped that sort of C class or that uh, what's the word. Um, that back-of-the-grid mentality. And I think they could easily be sixth on this list. I've only put them here as still an unknown at this stage as to how their practice pace will translate to race pace. Um, Antonio Giovinazzi is a notoriously quick starter. I think he gained the most time on any um, first lap. He was the person who gained the most amount of positions on the first lap of every race last year. And Kimi Raikkonen, he's a former world champion. He's been known to surprise the grid on occasion such as at like the Eiffel Grand Prix. So given the strength of the Ferrari engine and the fact it's not as bad as it was last year, I think that this could definitely be interesting for, for Alfa Romeo. Um, at number nine, I have Williams. And Williams come in at number nine because they've done well. Um, and the car is a very long way away from what it was in 2018 and 19. But it still appears to be significantly slower than the rest of the midfield. And that's why I've placed it here. You know, this is no reflection on Mr. Saturday himself, Mr. George Russell, who... Is in the last year of his contract, and consistently made it uh, to Q two last year. Once again, doing the same thing um, yesterday, or on the Saturday. But and I don't think less. I don't think as much as I don't know that much about Nicolas Latifi. If I'm honest, I don't think it's anything against him. Also, um, because he does possess okay race pace and could be great in a in a different setup in a different car. But I just feel that with the fact that they're still behind the main competitors and that... The issue of having a new leadership team, a new leadership structure, for me that shows that learnings will be made instead and it may actually be 2022 when we see the team return to past glories instead of straight away. Um, and last but, but not least, we we have Hass. I love Hass as a team. Honestly, I, I think that Gunther Steiner is one of the best characters on on the grid as evidenced by his drive to survive cameo appearances but also just by his approach. However, I think it's safe to predict that this... Year will not be Hass's best year. You know, they, they already stressed from the off that they weren't spending any of their development tokens on improving this year's car, but instead will look forward to 2022's uh, rule changes. Now, the investment by Ukrali will help. Um, and I think that could go some way to not only keeping the team afloat, but making them a potential midfield force for, for next year. But having an all rookie lineup, no matter how much I want Mick Schumacher to succeed, won't help the team's chances to score points this year. Um, rookies are typically going to be more prone to errors. They're going to have more of a learning and development uh, focus. And I just can't see them scoring consistently. Um, so, so yeah, so, so there you have it. These are my predictions for the season ahead of the first race, which uh, takes place today. Um, thank you so much for listening. And as always, please share, subscribe on iTunes. And if you're on Spotify, uh, Spotify please follow, and I'll see you in the post-race catch-up. Take care.